And um, I'll get you a Can you come and pray for David West? For, for, for brevity, was it? No. He forgot my name during the pre-service prayer. <laughs> David. Oh, Father, we just pray for David this morning, Lord, that you'll anoint him as he speaks this morning. May we hear words from heaven this morning, words that will change our lives. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Thanks, bro. When you forget someone's name, just say bro. It always works for me. Buddy. Buddy. Buddy's another one. Okay. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Cool. Christine and I spent yesterday at a beer festival. <laughs> Never been to one of those before. We got free tickets through our life insurance because we're old. So I'm glad we went once. Is your life full of things that you're glad you did once but don't want to do again? Yeah. And we were perfectly sober, but, you know, it was just wonderful, wonderful. Um, so this morning, I, I want to talk about faith. I want to talk about what does faith look like, okay? Um, I want to talk about faith. I'm, I'm talking about um, not saving faith, not the kind of faith that gets you born again. I'm talking about faith that we live by once we're born again. Okay, so it's kind of the saving faith and, and sustaining faith. <clears throat> um, and faith really matters for a whole bunch of reasons. And it's worth understanding, because one of the things that gets talked a lot about now is the supernatural. We can have signs, we can have wonders, we can have miracles, we can have healing, and please God, let's have them all. Um, <clears throat> but we are never going to see the supernatural without faith. Yeah? It's just not going to arrive. Um, <clears throat> but I want to unpack this morning about what faith looks like a little bit. And it's important to understand a few things about faith. Firstly, faith is a gift. Uh, Romans 12, 6 tells us that. Um, <clears throat> that, that. And the neat thing about a gift is, um, is somebody gives it to you. Yeah? Um, <clears throat> and the proportion in which it's given is determined by God. Yeah. Okay, so Romans 13 tells us that. But we also learn in Scripture that, that we can ask for more faith. Yeah? Because Jesus talked to people who had little faith and great faith and no faith and some faith or lost their faith and thought they'd got faith but didn't know how to do anything with it. Okay? One, of, one of my favourite uh, scriptures is Jesus says to a guy who I think his daughter is unwell and Jesus says something like, do you believe? And he says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah? And, and Jesus loves that kind of honesty. There's no contradiction in there. I believe, but I can't right now. I believe, but help me, yeah? <clears throat> and, and that's okay. Because sometimes we think faith is about, you know, just being sure and confident and together and, yeah, and we're going to look at people in Scripture who weren't always looking like that. Um, <clears throat> and the important thing to understand about faith is, although great faith can be impressive and people with great faith may do lots of amazing things, faith without love is nothing. Nothing. Okay, nothing. And, and nothing is nothing. It that doesn't deliver anything eternal. It, 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 it doesn't impress God. Yeah. And, and Jesus said, listen, if, you, if you've got loads of faith um, and no love, you're nothing but a, a noisy symbol or a clanging gong. And all those things do is they make a loud noise to draw attention to themselves. Yeah. So love predominates. Okay. Love is eternal, love is the greatest, yeah, <clears throat> but we're going to look at faith, okay? <clears throat> but I needed you to understand that. 
So what does faith look like? And and I'm going to stick in the Gospels, okay? Because I want to look at what Jesus said and did about faith and what people of faith said and did when they came to Jesus. So I'm going to bounce off a lot of scriptures. Um, If you're really quick, like David Buck, you'll fly through and find them all. Okay, so uh, Mark 2 verse 5 is the famous, famous story of a a man paralysed on his bed and his friends rip a hole in the ceiling and lower him down. Okay? So faith in this place looks reckless, irresponsible, inconsiderate, lacking in respect for other people's property, interrupting a good meeting, spoiling the sermon. Um, it, it looks all of those things. So what did Jesus see? Now it's interesting. See, for, for every healing, it's really interesting. For every healing, there has to be faith in the situation. But who has the faith kind of doesn't matter as long as there's faith. So whose faith healed the paralysed man? His friend's faith. Yeah? And it says this. So the paralysed man doesn't talk about him having faith. He's, He's been dragged there. I mean, can you imagine the discomfort and the indignity of being first dragged to the top of a roof and then being dropped through the hole your friends have made? Yeah? So it's just, it's just not, it's just not, disability friendly is it it's kind of you know there's no they just dropped it through okay but Jesus said this what Jesus saw was it says Jesus seeing their faith yeah so you know you can see faith and uh, you they could have done a whole bunch of things with that they, they could have done um, I'm too late it's full the events sold out yeah I can't get in here's, here's the classic one Maybe today's not the day for my healing. Yeah? Um, if Jesus really wanted me well, there'd be space in the, in the room. And there wasn't. Yeah? But his friends had faith. Have you ever heard it taught that people don't get healed because of their lack of faith? You heard that talk? Sounds great. It's religious rubbish. Sorry, it's religious, religious rubbish. It's what failing healers do to make their inability to get people healed look good. Sorry. Okay. <clears throat> Jesus healed everyone that asked. This paralytic got healed and he was exercising no faith. His friends were. Yep. <clears throat> um, what other ones are there? Help me out, dear. I've forgotten. My mind's gone blank. Um, <clears throat> Jesus raised a dead girl. How much faith was she bringing to the situation? <laughs> yeah? <clears throat> there has to be faith in the scenario. Okay? But, but, but Jesus never, never said to somebody who asked to get healed, um, <clears throat> never said to them, sorry, you haven't got enough faith. Yeah? Stay sick. Keep your demon. Jesus didn't do that. And it's really interesting. There's a guy called Randy Clark. Have you come across Randy Clark? So I've been in multiple meetings that that guy runs, and he has a phenomenal healing ministry. Um, I've never heard him use the excuse that uh, you didn't get healed uh, because you didn't have enough faith. In fact, the one time in a situation where I saw him pray for a girl who didn't get healed, and it was very public, it was following a word of knowledge, and he prayed for this girl and she didn't get healed, he went out of his way to t- to, for him to take responsibility for her healing not herself. Because he understands that as long as there's faith in the scenario, the miracle is possible. 
And it may be the faith of the sick person. It may not. Okay? <clears throat> I mean, if, if the person getting the miracle has to have faith, the dead are never going to be raised. It's that simple. Okay? <clears throat> um, and and it, it may be your friend's faith. Uh, it, may, it, may, it may be Jesus' faith. Yeah? But there needs to be faith in the scenario. Okay? <clears throat> uh, it is true that people can resist their healing. Okay? And, and, and saying I haven't got faith for that, you know, I believe helped my unbelief. Okay? Saying I've got no faith for that isn't the same as saying I don't want my healing. Yeah? You can push it away. But unless you're pushing it away, yeah, <clears throat> somebody else's faith can, can bring heaven to the situation. Okay? So <clears throat> what fights against that? What fights against that is there's a story told in the Gospels where it says Jesus went to a certain town and he couldn't do many miracles there. No, he said he could only do a few miracles. I'd settle for a few miracles on the Sunday, wouldn't you? We only had a few healings today. Yeah? He said he could only do a few miracles because of their lack of faith. Okay? So, so we've turned that into their, their lack of faith stopped them getting healed. Let's paint a slightly different picture, shall we? <clears throat> If you have no faith that Jesus can heal you, do you go to Jesus and ask to be healed? No. You see, it wasn't that their, their lack of faith rendered Jesus powerless. It was their lack of faith stopped them asking. Yeah. Can you imagine, you know, Jesus being in a town and the town's, you know, the kind of town that's you know, lacking in faith. Jesus, you come to Jesus and go, please can you heal me? And Jesus goes, I'm sorry, my power is disabled by all these unbelieving people. Can you imagine Jesus doing that? Then you can't. It's not. It's not, it's not what happened. Um, <clears throat> the other one that, uh, that, that, that comes this way is um, the pool of Siloam. And the legend is that the angel stirs the waters and the first person then gets healed. You know that story? Okay. And Jesus meets a man who can never get in first because he's, he's, he's got the kind of disability, the kind of infirmity that stops him doing that. Um, and Jesus heals him. And somebody once said to me, Jesus only healed one person and it was full of sick people. Okay. So let's understand the scenario. Does Jesus turn up and go, I've got a miracle for one person here today? Does that sound like Jesus? Doesn't, does it? Okay. <clears throat> but... But if your theology is that only one person gets healed each time, if that's your theology and your mindset, do you expect to get healed after Jesus has healed one person? That if that's your theology and mindset, your theology and mindset goes, oh, it was his turn today, I'll have to wait for another day. Doesn't sound like Jesus. Okay. I believe that if other people had developed and, and changed their theology to, to I've, I've heard Jesus heals everybody, I'm going to ask. If faith in Jesus overcame your previous experience, you would then get your miracle. Faith can sometimes look naive as well. <clears throat> I find this really interesting. Luke 17, uh, Jesus is teaching about forgiveness. And they're going, how often? How often? Jesus says, if somebody... Uh, comes to you seven times in a day and apologizes and repents for the same thing, do you have to, yes, you have to forgive them. Yeah? And the disciples' response to that mandate to forgive somebody multiple, multiple times 
rather than go, you obviously didn't mean it. Yeah? I'm not forgiving. Rather than that, the disciples' response to forgive, forgive, forgive was, Lord, increase our faith. Because it takes great faith to stay connected with people who disappoint you, betray you, let you down on multiple occasions. You may put in boundaries, yeah, and I haven't got time to unwrap all of that, okay? But, um, but forgiving people repeatedly takes faith. Because you have to fight the, they're just taking the proverbial. They're just mocking me. They're just, no, <clears throat> Jesus says, forgive, forgive, forgive. Bartimaeus is a wonderful, wonderful story. <clears throat> you know, Bartimaeus is the blind guy by the side of the road, yeah? And uh, Jesus is passing through town, and there's a great entourage and loads of people following Jesus, and Bartimaeus hears that it's Jesus. So Bartimaeus goes, Jesus, Jesus, son of David, son of David, son of David. And what do all the people around him do? <laughs> yes, shut up, Bartimaeus. You're, <laughs> you're so British. Shut up, Bartimaeus, you're spoiling the parade, Okay. You're shouting out, you're making a scene, you're embarrassing yourself, you're embarrassing everybody else. Shut up, sit down and be quiet. And Jesus hears him. You see, because the, the, when, when they said, shut up, Bartimaeus, sit down, you're embarrassing and spoiling the moment, Bartimaeus shouted all the more. Yeah, I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to shut up. Because that's my miracle. You don't need one. I'm really pleased for you, but I do. There goes my miracle. Yeah? <clears throat> so Bartimaeus shouts louder. Okay, And then suddenly the crowd move from shut up to cheer up. Because Jesus, Jesus has noticed you. Yeah? <clears throat> and, and Bartimaeus, you know, so suddenly the people that just now were saying, be quiet, go away, leave us alone, you're spoiling the moment, are going, cheer up, you become centre stage. Jesus is asking for you. Yeah? And he, he, he says to Bar Jesus says to Bartimaeus, what do you want? Which seems like a stupid question to ask a blind man. But it was important for Bartimaeus to say what he wanted. Yeah? Important for Bartimaeus to say that. <clears throat> so Bartimaeus says, I'd like my sight. And Jesus says, your faith has healed you. So sometimes faith is just kind of shouting. Persistence is such an enabler for faith. Yeah, you have to press in, press in, press in. Don't give up, don't give up. It's often links, faith and perseverance, faith and perseverance, faith and perseverance. Yeah? They go together. They're related. They're cousins. Um, and in Luke 7, there's this wonderful story told about <clears throat> this lovely lady of poor repute. Okay? <clears throat> she was a prostitute. And uh, she gatecrashes dinner at a posh dinner party. Okay? We all need that, don't we? A prostitute, great gatecrash. A known prostitute gatecrashing an important posh dinner party populated by men who may well have known her in more than one way. So they're now uncomfortable she's in the room. Yeah? <clears throat> and what does she do? She does what most men are still trying to unravel, which is she cries for no apparent reason. Sorry, ladies. <clears throat> sure, there are better husbands in the room than me. She, she cries for no apparent reason, and she cries all over Jesus. Yeah? And then she splashes perfume around the place. Yeah? And, and Simon is saying to himself... <laughs> So much for you, Jesus. Yeah? You, you, if you really knew, if you were a prophet, you wouldn't let her near you. You wouldn't let her touch you. And Jesus goes, Simon, do you see this woman? And Simon doesn't see the woman at all. He just sees his sense of occasion, his religious mindset, yeah? his embarrassment, his spoilt moment, his ruined dinner party. He's not seeing her at all. 
All he can see is himself and his own little world. And when she's finished crying, Jesus says this, Go in peace, your faith has saved you. What faith? Where was the faith? She gate-crashed a place, she shouldn't be long, she was unwanted, she was embarrassing, she cried, she splashed perfume around and embarrassed herself. And Jesus calls it faith. Is, is that how we imagine faith to look? Or do we imagine faith to be together and cool and confident and articulate and always successful? Or does faith sometimes look reckless, irresponsible and inconsiderate through a roof? Does it sometimes look naive when you have to keep forgiving? Does it sometimes look unwanted and unpopular with Bartimaeus? Does it sometimes just beyond comprehension? Like the woman, the prostitute who gay crashed Simon's dinner party. There's a page behind you. Got it. <clears throat> it is possible for faith to fail. It is possible for faith to hide. Okay? <clears throat> so um, one of the things that mitigates against true faith is an over-reliance on confidence. Now, Scripture does tell us not to throw our confidence away. But confidence and faith are not the same thing. They're not the same thing. <clears throat> Without confidence, faith will rarely get activated. Because you, you need some confidence in something to do something. And faith's always, almost always got a doing thing going on. <clears throat> so when, um, when, when the angel uh, meets Abraham and Sarah and you know, tells them that uh, Sarah's going to get pregnant and you know, Abraham and, and Sarah's going, are you serious? You know, basically, look at my body. Are you serious? Look at his body. Yeah? <clears throat> we are odd. It's not going to happen. It's not going now. Abraham could have gone, Yeah, I'm the man, it's going to happen. Come here, Sarah. Yeah, <clears throat> he didn't do that either, but nor did, nor did he give in to I, I am, I am, I think the phrase wonderfully is, I am, my body's as good as dead and I'm dried up. Yeah, <laughs> so it's in the book. Yeah, it's in there. Yeah. I'm sure there's a polite version if you want it taken out, but it wouldn't be the book. See, Abraham doesn't resort to confidence. Abraham looks at his body and goes, as good as dead but God. As good as dead but God. And, and it's important that we lean into faith and don't just rely on confidence. Yeah? And so Abraham was called the father of faith. Yeah? Because... Despite his circumstances, he believes God. And faith does that. Yeah. And so in the midst of your storm, and we'll look at some storms in a minute, in the midst of your storm, you know, it's kind of, where am I going to look? Where am I going to put my faith? Yeah. Fear is faith for something bad to happen. Faith can fail as well. And Jesus said that. In Luke 22, he's telling Peter, Peter, I prayed for you, and here's, here's what Jesus prays for Peter, that your faith will not fail. Okay? <clears throat> and, and, and it's possible to find ourselves in a situation where, where we, we jettison our faith, yeah? where we give up on it, where we disempower it, and it fails. But Jesus is praying for Peter. 
And uh, you remember the story about when the cock crows three times? You know the story? Peter's response is one of great confidence. Not me. Oh, no. Not going to happen to me. All these lesser mortals may do it. Yeah? But you, me, Jesus, we're like that. I'm never going to do that. You'd think by now that Peter, who's understood that he's the Messiah, that when Jesus says, I've prayed for you, that, you know, Peter would have gone, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me some more. Not. Yeah. So he shifted from faith in Jesus to faith in himself. Yeah? And when you choose to have faith in yourself and self-confidence, you distance yourself from the empowering grace of Jesus. So Jesus says, I'm praying for you. And Peter effectively says, I don't need it. I'm going to be okay. So Peter refuses Jesus' help. Not a smart move. It doesn't go well for Peter. And yet, at the end of it all, Peter's mandate and assignment in life is to go and strengthen your brothers. But you see, Jesus looks like the weakest guy in the tribe now, doesn't he? Weakest one. And sometimes it's true that the people who've been through the most difficult circumstances have come out the other side are the best equipped people to help you in your storm because they've been there, they've walked through it, they know there's a way out and they know what that way is. So Peter who, who Peter would have been binned by a lot of in a lot of communities. Yeah, it's kind of like the ultimate denial. Yeah? <clears throat> but not Jesus. Jesus always intended to restore Peter. Always intended to restore him. I'll say that for another time. You know, it takes great faith to get back up when you've fallen. It's great if you don't fall. Yeah? <clears throat> that takes faith. But sometimes it takes even more faith to get back up when you've fallen. Yeah? <clears throat> Falling is not the biggest problem. Refusing to get back up is. Says Proverbs. Thank you very much, David. <clears throat> so Jesus talked to people about having little faith. And interestingly, everybody that he spoke, talked to about, you've got little faith, you've got little faith, you've got little faith. They still all got their miracle. They still got their miracle, even though they have little faith. <clears throat> and um, worry and fear will fight against your faith. Okay, so in, in Matthew 6, Jesus is talking about the Sermon on the Mount. And he says... Um, <clears throat> You know, the flowers of the fields are clothed. So why do you worry so much? O ye of little faith. Yeah. <clears throat> worry and fear. See, Jesus is saying, why, why do you worry and fear about, you know, food and clothing? Why do you worry? And fear? You know, don't, don't be like that. <clears throat> and yet in the Lord's Prayer, he says, pray, give us this day our daily bread. So Jesus is not against future planning. Yeah? He's not against praying for bread. What he's against is worrying about not having bread. It's how he can say, pray for bread, and then why are you worrying so much about having bread? Yeah. <clears throat> Worry will work against your faith. Faith wins if you put them both in the same arena. Don't marginalise your own faith. 
Peter walked on water. <clears throat> Gotta love that. I've heard stories of other people walking on water in more recent years. <clears throat> but Peter at that time, only two people ever walked on water in Peter's lifetime, as far as we know, him and Jesus. And Peter looks at the wind and waves and starts to sink. Jesus grabs his hand and says, <clears throat> O ye of little faith. I mean, at that point I'm thinking, what do you mean little faith? I walked on water. The people with no faith are the idiots still in the boat. I loved you, Jesus, enough. I had enough. And Jesus goes, so ye of little faith. Yeah? <clears throat> so, so, so what sometimes looks impressive, and it, it gets, gets mitigated, gets marginalised, gets minimalised by little faith. And what stole his faith? Taking his eyes off Jesus and looking at the wind and the waves. And the wind and the waves are scary. I mean, Peter walking on the water in a storm. I mean, have you, anybody here ever tried to walk on water? Anyone ever tried it? Come on, anybody ever tried it? Um, uh, Christy and I are the only ones. I got very wet knees. <laughs> and it wasn't a storm. I mean, how do you walk on waves that are doing this? How do you do that? It's kind of, I'm walking uphill on water. I'm walking downhill. I just have no idea what that's like. One day I'll get to see it, I reckon. And the other time when he calmed the storm, and they're all asleep, in, Jesus is asleep in the boat, and they're all at the front going, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. Yeah. <clears throat> Jesus gets up, and he calms the storm, and he says this to the disciples, where is your faith? Not you have no faith, but where is it? Jesus asks that question because they've lost it. Kind of, They've lost it, they've hidden it, they've binned it, they've buried it, they've, they've uh, covered it over with something else, with fear, with circumstances. So Jesus is going, where's your faith? Yeah? Find your faith again. Look for your faith, because you have faith. Jesus didn't go, you've got no faith. He went, find your faith again. Where is your faith? Jesus wasn't looking for information. He wasn't looking for excuses. Yeah? <clears throat> he was asking them to go find something he knew they had, but they buried under the situation and the circumstances. So that's little faith and failing faith and hiding faith and disappearing faith. <clears throat> I, I'm much more interested in great faith. Do you want to be in the great faith category? Okay. <clears throat> so what does great faith look like? Well, Jesus defined great faith. Um, <clears throat> of all the people in Scripture... Uh, in the Gospels, that Jesus talked about having great faith, there were only two people who had great faith. Do you know who they were? Uh, th that's it. <clears throat> the, t the two people in the Bible who were commended for their great faith were a dog woman and a centurion. Okay? <clears throat> Sorry, dog woman is my reminder. For so this is the woman whose daughter is healed and asks Jesus to, uh, will you come and heal my daughter? Do you know this story? And Jesus' Jesus's answer is, you know, it's not fit for me to give the children's food to the dogs. That's just insulting, isn't it? Absolutely insulting. But here's what's really going on there. <clears throat> this woman was a Gentile. Okay, she was not a Jew. Jesus, up to that point, and until Cornelius' house, the gospel was for the Jews... The, the gospel for the Gentiles hadn't arrived yet. Okay? 
This woman knew that. In fact, everybody knew that. The Gentiles knew that and the Jews knew that. But this woman talks to Jesus and she calls him son of David. That is a form of address that only one Jew would use to another Jew. She was pretending to be somebody she wasn't. She was, she was cheating. She was like, I'm, I need a miracle. I'm a Gentile. I'm not worthy. I'll act like a Jew. I'll pretend to be a Jew. I'll talk like a Jew would, would talk. Yeah? <clears throat> and Jesus ignores her, which is just harsh. <clears throat> be, because she's pretending. Her appeal is full of pretense. It's full of, it's full of I know I don't deserve this. And rather than going, I don't deserve it, she goes... Um, I'll be somebody I'm not. Pretense is never a good basis for activating faith. And uh, Jesus says to her, woman, you know, the children's food to the dogs. And she goes, even the dogs get the crumbs. And and, and that's that's not humiliation. That's her going, you're right, I'm a Gentile. Yeah, but but come on. Just the crumbs. I just and who knows the crumbs were enough for her miracle. Yeah. Once she stopped pretending to be somebody else, and once she owned up to who she was, she got a miracle. Yeah. And Jesus commended her for her great faith. It doesn't look like great faith, does it? Well, who knows that it's great faith because she didn't give up at the point when she was discovered and busted and exposed. She pressed in on the basis of being real and authentic rather than pretending to be somebody or something else. There's this brilliant story in Luke 7, verses 1 to 10. It's a centurion with a sick servant that that he really, really loves. And uh, the the centurion knows, just like dog woman, that Jesus is there for the Jews, not the Gentiles because the Gentiles come later, okay? So the centurion sends uh, the elders of the Jews to go and ask Jesus on his behalf. Will you, will you, they go and petition Jesus. And they petition, they petition Jesus on this basis. He's a really nice guy. He's very friendly to church. He gives well into the offering. He helped build the synagogue. He deserves your help, okay? He's a good guy. And Jesus sets off. Okay, I'll, I'll go look-see. It's interesting that, that the appeal for Jesus' miracle is one of, he deserves it. He deserves it, he deserves it, he deserves it. Did he deserve it? Can you buy a miracle with money? Can you buy a miracle with good church attendance? Can you buy a miracle by being nice to Christians? The answer's no, by the way. Okay, some of you are going, no, you can't. Another's going, where's he going with this? <laughs> but Jesus sets off nonetheless. Okay? <clears throat> and uh, Jesus is on his way. And um, <clears throat> halfway there, um, <clears throat> the, the centurion sent some servants out to say to Jesus, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Say the word and my servant will be healed because I understand authority I'm under authority, I have authority in proportion to the measure that I'm under it, and you're the same, Jesus. You have authority over these things. You say the word and my servant will be healed. 
And Jesus commends him for his great faith, a non-Jew. In fact, Jesus says this. Uh, it says that Jesus marveled at him. Wouldn't you like to be someone who marvels Jesus, makes Jesus go, wow, that's impressive. Wouldn't you like to be that person? Absolutely would. And he turned to the crowd, to everybody following him, and said, I'm telling you, not even in Israel, roughly translated, not anybody else in this crowd have I found such great faith. And he gets his healing. He gets his healing because of his great faith. And he understands that. Okay? The Jews asked for the healing on the basis of his merit and his worthiness, okay? which is not the basis for our healing. The basis for our healing is the mercy, the grace, Amen. the goodness, and the kindness of God. You can't do anything to earn your healing, can you? Yet, and here comes the, here comes the kicker, we pray for people sometimes like it does. So we start our healing prayers with, God, I bless you for David. I bless you for his faithfulness to your word, for his glorious church attendance. And you know how faithful he is in the giving of the tithe. And da, 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 yeah? And we start our prayer with reminding God just how wonderful he is. As if somehow the answer to our prayer depended on how good he's been. And it never does. And it's the prayer of faith that heals the sick not the prayer of good merit, not even the prayer of desperation. Okay? The now, desperation may drive you to faith, okay? <clears throat> As it did with, with dog woman, okay? You know, that she, she cried out desperately for her daughter to be healed. Sorry, it's just going to stick in your head. I'm going to call this sermon dog woman. Yeah? <clears throat> yeah, I can't say Syrophoenician. It's far too good. Dog woman, I'll do. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, it, 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 here's, here's where I want to conclude on the faith thing. <clears throat> um, for your miracle, there needs to be faith in the transaction. Faith has got to be there somewhere. It might be yours, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah? It might be your friend's. It might be somebody else's. And when you're dead, it better not be yours in seeking your resurrection. You bring nothing to the party okay I'm sorry I couldn't raise her for the dead because she's got no faith it's possible to have little faith but even with little faith everybody got their miracle and that lack of faith <clears throat> will stop people asking it doesn't disempower Jesus resisting someone's faith will you, know, they, you can push God away and when we pray for people, let's never do it on the basis of their merit or how good they are. Okay? <clears throat> In revivals, unrepentant, heathen people living terrible lifestyles get miracles. So it's got nothing to do with their faith. <clears throat> and faith can look like all sorts of things. It can look like crying, weeping, embarrassing people. It can look like shouting when everybody's telling you to shut up. It can look like inconveniencing someone or a situation or a meeting. It can look like all sorts of things. <clears throat> but we do need it to access the miracle we're looking for. Amen?
I finished two minutes early. That's awesome. That's a miracle. You had faith for that, didn't you? Here's a strange thing. Anybody got any questions about that? Anybody want to shout rubbish? Anything I said that didn't make sense? Any scriptures in your mind? Yes, yes. I don't know. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, I, I remember I had, I had terrible trouble with, with, uh, with my left knee. And it's marginally better, but not a whole lot better. <clears throat> and uh, I remember standing in a meeting, and I'd been prayed for so often. I remember standing there thinking, God, please don't let there be another word of knowledge about knees, because I'm fed up with the disappointment. <clears throat> and, and who knows, at that point, I was pushing faith away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I found the attitude of a guy called Bill Johnson very helpful on this. Okay. <clears throat> so he tells the story of, um, of praying for somebody, I can't remember what for, it was something nasty and life-threatening, something cancer-like. <clears throat> and uh, he, 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 he prayed and prayed, he said, I spent 40 minutes with this person after a meeting, 40 minutes, for the guest speaker to spend 40 minutes with someone praying for them. And he said... Um, <clears throat> They, he said, they didn't get healed. He said, I get back to my hotel room. And he says, I say to God, Jesus, they needed to meet you. And all they met was me. You know, will, will you do more than you've ever done before? Will you meet them? Will you heal them? Will you? And it, I love it because he, he took responsibility for it. Jesus told us to heal, for the, heal the sick. It's part of our mandate. Jesus wouldn't tell me to do something that, I, that, that was impossible. Um, so I don't have an answer to that. What I do know is if I stop asking, I'm unlikely to get at. Yeah? Uh, some situations are more difficult to unlock than others. Yeah? So there was a situation where the disciples were trying to cast the demon out of a boy. Okay? And they couldn't do it. And uh, Jesus, Jesus said, Sunday comes out by prayer and fasting. Some, sometimes there's, there's a ministry piece around healing. Sometimes sickness has a hold because of something other than just physical issues. And you have to deal with those. But that's another sermon. I don't have an answer for that. What I do know is that Jesus told me not to give up. What I do know is Jesus healed everybody. And I'm not very much like Jesus yet. In many respects, including that one. But I'm not giving up. Anybody got an easier question? Any other questions? No? <clears throat> How's your back? Still rubbish. <laughs> well, that's because Jesus wants you sick. <laughs> and all those people who prayed for you, you not got enough faith. In fact, they're people of little faith. <clears throat> so, yeah, th those of you who feel so inclined... Stand and watch while all the other people who don't want to pray for David go and pray for David. Why not? Go on. If you didn't pray for him earlier, go and pray for him now. Yeah? Go on. Do it now. If you prayed early, you can't pray again. Okay? And if you're going to yourself, I'm not sure I've got faith for this, that's okay. My faith is so small. Gosh, it's as small as, 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 as a mustard seed. Okay? 
Amen. Yeah. So, I'll pray. Is that all right? Nobody's listening. Everybody's praying. Yeah, Jesus, we want to be more like you. We want to be more like you in your attitude, more like you in your deeds, more like you in your words, more like you in almost every respect. Yeah. And we can't do it but by your Holy Spirit. So thank you, Jesus, you don't give up on us. Forgive us when we give up on ourselves. Amen. So those of you around David need to pray out loud. I'm done. No, you're going to get him. No, you're going to get him.